Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up! up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Steps up, loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Welcome everyone, Huddle Up Podcast. We are live, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast, also on Twitter and on our YouTube channel. We are glad to be back with you here on a Tuesday night, Jim and Sean. And uh, if you are following along with us in the live video, give it a like and a share. Get as many people in here as possible. We'd appreciate that. As, uh, you know, a few weeks off, had an extra week off uh, last week. I'll take the fall on that one. A little ill-prepared on my part, but we are back and uh, glad to be talking sports with you here on a Tuesday night. Want to remind everyone to follow us on our social media at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and at Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. Make sure you are subscribed on all podcast platforms. That's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify, and basically, if you can find one that we're not on, let us know, and uh, we'll we'll make sure we get there. Uh, if you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, rate and review, we'd appreciate that. Make sure you check out our merchandise over at whatamaneuver.net. Two great designs uh, up on the site there as of right now and uh, possibly more to come. But uh, thank you to those who have purchased the merchandise so far. Again, whatamaneuver.net, our home network, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. And our secondary network, you'll hear a little bit more about them during the break, uh, the Leap Sports and Music Network. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Got all the 
business out of the way. Welcome in uh, to Sean, my brother, of course, down there from the Sean Shine State. Been a few weeks, but uh, we're back, man. Yeah, still here, still, uh, still cruising. There's been plenty of uh, interesting things to keep me busy in the sports world. Uh, speculation, trades. Uh, spring training, March Madness, uh, so it's been uh, plenty to keep me rolling, uh, not to mention uh, being within a week of the due date of baby number two, um, Yeah, of course named after the Phillies great Chase Utley, got the Phillies jersey up here somewhere, there it is. There we go, you're right. Stupid backwards <laughs> mirrored computer feed, I'm like, I know it's over here, um, but, um, but yeah, pretty excited for that shit happen by this weekend most likely but if not we'll just be on his time yeah no doubt so this will uh, probably be the last we see of you for a little while and but by... well, it's possible lord knows uh with it being right before <laughs> what two weeks will bring maybe you know i'll deserve a break maybe i'll have earned one maybe i won't uh hard to say really but we'll uh, see but hopefully by uh by the time football season rolls oh, around easily, you'll easily uh, you'll be then. i would i would assume uh i would assume <laughs> come come uh two shows from now maybe Maybe a one-show hiatus at most, but uh, I'm sure I'll be needing a beer at, at some point and <laughs> may as well talk sports while we have it. But we, uh, we, have, we have some guest hosts that uh, are prepared to step in if they need be, and uh, you know, Matt and Dave will uh, you know, be in here as well. But obviously, uh, you know, uh, best of luck uh, over the next couple of weeks as that day uh, quickly approaches. And, and uh, you know, so there's plenty to be excited about both in and out of sports. So, Sean, let's... Uh, Let's start right with it. Um, you know, last week, you know, there, there's usually not a whole lot of, of stuff in the NFL world um, to uh, to talk about. But, uh, you know, the, the Miami Dolphins and, uh, you know, we, we just keep finding more and more ways to talk about your Philadelphia Eagles. But but quite the keep finding it. Yeah, <laughs> quite the draft trade uh, to talk about last week. Two trades, uh, both, uh, of course, involving the Dolphins, one involving the 49ers. That was. The Dolphins trading the number three overall pick this year to the 49ers for this year's uh, number 12 pick, a first round and third round pick in 2022, and a 2023 first round pick. Um, And then, what, minutes later, the Dolphins turned around, uh, traded that uh, number 12 overall pick this year uh, and the number uh, 123 pick this year and the 2022 first rounder to your Philadelphia Eagles for the number six and number 156 overall pick um, this year. So, so really, you know, and and I think you and I were talking over the weekend, and this this trade um, is probably the, the the closest thing in the modern NFL to what. Uh, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson did in the Dal- with the Dallas Cowboys with the Herschel Walker um, trades. You know where where you where you have a player, you make a deal, and you you turn those picks into multiple picks over multiple years, and, and you just keep playing with things, and you move this guy. You know because I, I think I saw what it turned into like. You know, eight. You know, like it's a double. Well, digit. I have it. I have it here, uh, pulled up, ready to go. Let me, uh, let me get it pulled up here. Uh, basically, the Dolphins had turned. Uh, it kind of started with um, some trades involving Kiko Alonso uh, when they shipped him out of town. Byron Maxwell was involved in a trade that resulted in some picks, and of course, the Laramie Tunsil uh, slash Kenny Stills trade 
uh, brought some picks in. And, and since that time, they've started rolling those picks over with some other players and uh, some other opportunities. And, and, and I think it was just a really crafty situation for Miami um, to realize, you know what, we're not there. And then they go out and they find, you know, two of falls to them. They're like, you know what, let's take the gamble there. Um, whether or not he proves to be the quarterback of the future, they seem to still believe in him. Uh, and why wouldn't you? It has a very short, um, you know, you've, you've spent a pretty high pick on him. And, and at the very least, you want to get him some work to see if you do have to use one of these picks. But but as of now, they've rolled those deals. And um, I'm looking at it now. In 2021 this year, two first rounders. Uh, they got two two in the second round and one in the third this year. This isn't even including their day two picks This is or day three. This is just uh, days one and two. Uh, 2022, they currently own one first-round pick left. They, they got rid of one, uh, but they have a second and two-thirds. Okay. And then in 2023, they still own two first-round picks in that deal, uh, including the one from San Francisco, and then a second and a third. So you're looking at five day one and two this year, four next year, and four the year after that in the first three rounds. Uh, and that's a lot of potential talent. Um, and I think what it does for the Dolphins is, is they've gotten some flack for drafting over the last decade at certain times. And, and I feel like, you know, they seem to have a direction now. You have less holes to fill than normal. Uh, the defense is looking pretty strong. And with a few extra pieces there, it could be really strong. So I think if you're the Dolphins, uh, you've really set yourself up. You can take some gambles. You know what I mean? You have an opportunity to go, you know what, um, best available. We weren't really eyeing this position, but the guy's falling. Um, you have the position to obviously – I mean, they're at a point where if there's a high first-round pick that they're eyeing and the opportunity presents itself to trade, they have a lot of pick because these are all going to cost money. But this is also going to be a lot of talent on rookie deals. Right. So so once you have the talent on your roster, you have several years to make it work before it starts breaking your bank. So um, just a real good opportunity for them to kind of restock, reload, you know, put some talent behind the guys that are already there and not really spend a lot doing it and, um, you know, kind of sets up well for them. So, so kudos, um, kudos to the dolphins and, and, and that front office. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an extremely, you know, it's well done. And when you have that much capital in the draft, if, if you, miss on a pick or two it's, it's probably not going to be as detrimental because you have so yeah, no, many you have so many yeah. you know you have so many picks and, and you have the ability to, to to move some of those as well if a deal comes up on draft day where if a team wants to move a running back team wants to move a receiver team wants to move you know if, if you're um you know if you're if you're having trouble mid-season uh you know at the you know the defensive end prediction uh, you know position or something like that you have the ability to move some of these picks over the next couple of years uh, as well. So d- definitely smart. Well, I guess not to mention um, the ability to do it mid-season. You know, you you know right. you have, you know, if, if something you start to, to kind of get on a roll and realize, hey, you know what, this is happening faster than we expected, you know, and there's a team struggling with some high with some money and you got money under the cap, um, you know, you have the opportunity to, to roll some of these picks, maybe get rid of a guy that's not working out in the locker room, maybe you know unloading a little of your younger talent to get a more veteran guy when you realize we can win now um you know because you're in a division that's fairly wide open i mean like it's they had an opportunity to to win it this year so um it could be that opportunity as well so you definitely have a lot of uh potential tricks up your sleeve with with what they've been able to do yeah so let's um before we talk about your eagles um and, and whatever it is they're doing um, looking well, I have at, some answers on that, so I'm <laughs> glad we're going to talk about it. Looking, uh, looking at the 49ers, because 
you know, they're sitting at the 12 pick and they, they move up. Now, you know, they, they have they have basically come out and said that, uh, you know, they're, they're not moving Jimmy G. This wasn't a move to uh, make a quarterback play or anything like that. Um, which I mean can certainly be you know be the situation, but but in the same time we've we've seen these statements from general managers and coaches and uh, personnel before, and then you know you get closer to draft time or you get on to draft day, and uh, and 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 those um, you know those deals end up getting made. So uh, I'm not necessarily 100% buying that, that Jimmy Garoppolo is on the move, but I, I also um, I'm not 100% buying into the the 49ers uh, that they're sticking with him. Um, a hundred percent, you know, there has to be, there has to be something, some position, some specific player, really, if you're going to move up from 12 to three, you, you have to think you're making that deal for somebody specific. Do you think this is a quarterback move, um, for the, for the 49ers or, or do you see them going somewhere else with that pick? Oh, well, I, it's definitely, I mean, no one's trading into that position in this draft, um, with, with the number of QBs and the teams up there looking for one, uh, no one's making that move without a QB uh, in mind. Now, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I would necessarily call it a QB uh, move. It's definitely going to be a QB acquisition. Uh, it sets them up, I mean, um, to get the third QB off the board because uh, it seems, you know, it's obviously a consensus that um, both the Jags and the Jets are, are, are looking quarterback. And, you know, assuming that, the the rumors are true. I mean, obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't off the board yet, but we, we can all just kind of count him. Um, but then the second pick seems to be leaning towards Wilson. Uh, so so I, I, it seems to that, that him and the Jets are on the same page. They're already talking. Um, and um, that seems to be the pick. So assuming those are the two, uh, it pretty much for Shanahan, it uh, looks like it's coming down to either Fields or Trey Lance. Uh, both of which are, are, are pretty solid picks. Obviously, you know, um, you know, as a quarterback in in Alabama, that that some people seem to think uh, deserves to be picked that high. Uh, you know, with his build and with everything else, um, I don't know that I would go there. I, I don't think anybody's jumping that many picks and giving up that much to draft him. Um, but both present interesting things. Trey Lance has a kind of that you know rocket arm um, kind of prototype talent, and and but on the other side. Uh, you're looking at Shanahan, uh, who helped build, uh, an, you know, an RG3 and has had a lot of success with that kind of uh, hybrid or, or more running quarterback or mobile quarterback. Um, so, so the idea of Fields, uh, if his um, kind of uh, draft and, and pro days and everything look good um, and his stock has risen in Shanahan's mind, I, to me, that's, that's the, the craftier pick. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just thing you don't know what these locker rooms know and what and and what they know about who trade and who. Obviously, Philadelphia has come out and said they had uh, on good authority that the Bengals plan on taking Jamar Chase uh, to pair with former teammate Joe Burrow, uh, and and that was one of the reasons for them getting involved in in, in a trade uh, to drop down. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute, but you know the Niners may have heard something. The guy they wanted wasn't going to fall to the middle, you know, rounds, and and they had to get that high. Um, and obviously the Dolphins are never shy to move, and you know you can chat with them. But, but to me, this is definitely a quarterback move, not necessarily a plug and start. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has shown um, to be a game manager. I, I think that um, you know there is some chance that he winds up being traded. You know, obviously New England's going to get talked about all the time once <laughs> yeah, they draft no their doubt. Uh, successor. But I don't know that necessarily whether it's Fields or, or Lance or, or someone else. 
you know, with Garoppolo in place, if everybody's healthy and uh, reporting to camp this year and, and, and you think you have a chance to win the West, um, I don't know that you hand it to a rookie. If you think you have enough talent to win, um, I'd almost assume they would start Garoppolo first. Sure. Uh, and depending how the season goes, uh, kind of spot start, get some reps in. Uh, and, you know, if you get into a situation like the Bengals did where nothing matters, uh, you know, throw your rookie in there, see what he does. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, if, or if Garoppolo gets hurt again, you know, and you're, you're right. in you're you in that. You just don't know, and then you have your insurance policy. You're in that situation like like Dallas was in with, with you know, Romo with Dak behind him. Um, or, you know, like you said, if the, if the, you know, the wheels kind of fall off the ship here and, um, you get into mid season and, and you move Garoppolo during the season, you have your, uh, successor there. Um, so be curious to watch what the 49ers do, um, with, uh, with that pick. Um, and now on to the Eagles, Sean, I mean, you know, it, it kind of seemed for, for a good bit of the year that, that, you know, that they had kind of reserved themselves to. Uh, look, the, the season is a loss. Um, it is what it is. You know, now you uh, move on from Doug Peterson. You move on from Carson Wentz. Um, but you have this number six pick that you uh, worked so hard or not so hard to uh, to get, however you want to view it. And 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 now they trade back. Um, you know, and I and I get. You know, you 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 know you 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 also gain a, a, a first round pick next year as well. So so. Um, you know, is this, is this something as simple as, you know, maybe the guy we, we thought we were going to get at six, maybe not get there. Um, and we're basically in rebuild mode now. And, and so why not add another first round pick to the mix? You swap mid rounders. Um, you know, is this just basically, you know, I'm not saying they're waving the white flag on the 2021 season, but, um, you know, this, this kind of a clear signal and, and not that it's a whole lot of surprise, but the Philadelphia Eagles are kind of in a, in a rebuild situation. Well, yeah. And I don't know that it's necessarily a white flag. I mean, it was obviously a surprising move to some, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of overreacted at first too. I, I think I was kind of getting hype on the, um, you know, obviously the workout and the measurements and everything on, on a Kyle Pitts and, you know, kind of the idea of getting a Jamar chase or definitely having one of the top two receivers, most likely right there maybe even your pick of the litter. Um, I, I, I was getting, you know, I was kind of excited. And so to watch him move down, you know, it's been a while since we had a pick that high. So, you know, being able to get one of the profile guys, uh, it was very exciting to me, but, um, but, but, but reviewing the trade, I, I think both sets of trades, um, all three teams, I, I feel like kind of got uh, the best of, you know, what was necessary for the teams, the Eagles that apparently had this trade kind of uh, on paper worked out with the dolphins, uh, they just they, they were told to kind of wait and, and hold ship because the Dolphins were trying to make the double move. Uh, so they were, you know, they kind of felt that for what they were looking to do, they didn't need the pick that high. And, um, you know, they kind of worked it out with the Eagles. I'm not sure. You know, I think a lot of people saw what the Dolphins got for how far up the Niners moved and then for the Eagles to go down almost as many spots and then uh, only get the return they got. I was like, yeah, I, I think the difference is, the value of that three versus the value of six, a team looking for a quarterback is willing to spend a lot more than a team, uh, you know, kind of just looking to, to go back up and have a stockpile of players. You know, if you're looking at drafting a wide receiver, or a tight end at six, maybe a lineman, maybe a linebacker, you're not going to give up the farm the way you would. If you're like, look, we're going to get our franchise quarterback here. So, you know, I, I don't think that's the case for the dolphins, you know, and for the Eagles, they just felt, like I said, uh, they had heard rumors that 
um, the Bengals might go Jamar Chase. Uh, I've heard a lot of people, you know, and, and I would have assumed the Bengals are going offensive line, especially with the opportunity to get probably the first offensive lineman off the board uh, with with the beating Joe Burrow took and the fact that he looked, you know, you, you lost him for a good part of the year. I would think that fortifying what's in front of him would be a focus, uh, and we haven't seen him do that in free agency yet. Which is just crazy. Uh, crazy. So I, thought, I thought that maybe that was going to be the case. Maybe they see um, kind of a lot of middle-tier lineman talent, uh, kind of a muddled pool of, of just there's going to be a lot there. Uh, but, um, I mean, adding a Jamar Chase, you know, you just lost an A.J. Green who was almost invisible. Uh, you, you know, you, you have some other young stud receivers. This would give you a big hands guy that he's familiar with and comfortable with. Um, you know, so I, I don't think the Jamar Chase pick is unrealistic. So with that in mind, they, they said, you know what, we looked at the talent and what you have enough holes on your team that you don't have to go, well, we, we really want this number one wide receiver, you know, uh, and if the guy you were eyeing up is going to be gone, they felt that the number of guys between six and 12, they obviously have more than six guys they're willing to draft in the first round. Sure. And they're saying no matter what order the guys go at, because you know a few of those other teams are going to stab at some quarterbacks, which you, by trading down, I think you've told Jalen Hurts, at least for the time being, um, you're the guy. You know, uh, but what it does and people that thought they might replace him or, or you know, oh, look at this talent. We might end up with a quarterback here. You, you, you've set yourself up with with presumably three first round draft picks next year. Let's assume Carson Wentz starts enough games and or gets to the playoffs and starts a game. Uh, Both. Yeah, I mean, round. either of those scenarios second. completely believable, whether it's, right. you know, I mean, him, Colts, him playing enough. The, the, the Colts should make the playoffs, make the playoffs without him. Correct. Right. <laughs> I mean, you could start Jacob E. Brissett, and I would still probably pick the Colts in that division. So, um, I, I think um, I, I think it's realistic to say you're probably going to have a first round pick. And if not, if they derail and don't make like, like it sets up where if you don't if they don't make the playoffs and Carson Wentz doesn't start, you're probably going to have a pick in the first half of the second round. Like, because if they're not in, right. they're out. Correct. You know, so they're, you're not looking at a, at a late round second, late second round pick. So I, I think where it is, you're looking at those three picks next year, and it gives you that chance. Now, is there going to be a, you know, it's not like you were going to have the opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence this year at six. So, you know, not having a guy like that in the draft, but the Eagles have um, an opportunity next year to, to maybe use some of that and some of their second round picks to move up and get a guy. If, if they decide, you know what, Hurts doesn't look like the guy, let's go get one. Um, they're going to have the ability to move next year and, and, and find him. Um, and you have 11 picks this year. They have more picks than anyone else in the draft. That's so a lot. to say white flag, I'm not buying it. You move down six spots, there's still going to be a ton of talent, and you have 10 other picks in the next three days. Um, I, I think the Eagles still have an opportunity to reload, and they're kind of in a Dolphins boat where they're going to be able to get this for a very little money, and, and it's what they need because they don't have any. Right. So <laughs> – so um, well, and let's be know, honest. They're, they're let's be honest too. Like, way. if if you look, if you look over history, especially you know recent history over the last you know ten ten to twenty years, you know how yes, there are superstars that are earned in the yeah. people are panicking like in the top even six. Even if it picks. was Jamar Chase or Pitts, is it is it that unrealistic to think that one of those might bust? Right. I mean, that's that's what I was that's good what good I was trying to that's what I was trying to say is like. You know, if you, if you look over the history of the draft, I mean, yes, there are guys, stars that have been made in the first six picks. But when you're talking pick six to pick 12, um, you know, you go back over history. I, I, I don't think you're you're seeing a whole ton of difference 
in, in, in terms of NFL careers from, from six to 12. You're going to see some busts. You're going to see some guys that are uh, that are that kind of hang around uh, for a number of years, and then you're going to see some superstars. Like to, you yeah, know, to, well, and, and the fact that you know uh, Eagles fans that I've you know I've kind of following groups and, and things like that that are upset that we didn't land, that like we're no longer in a position to get one of the top receivers or Kyle Pitts. He was so high on him. I mean, how many years in a row did the Detroit Lions draft a wide receiver till they hit Calvin Johnson? <laughs> and even that one didn't help. Cor- I mean, he right, did. It made him relevant. Uh, and was real Made good, him relevant. Like, He's in the Hall of Fame. Drafted, they drafted, I think it was four or five consecutive first-round wide receivers. And to the point where you're like, why are you even sucks. drafting? Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And and Uh-oh. none of them worked. They just, you know, proven college talent. Um, they knew what they wanted to do, you know, and and they just couldn't do it. None of the guys worked out. And and. You know, that's yeah. the way the Motor City, uh, the Motor City rolls, and and there's no telling, no matter how big or strong a guy is, that that he's going to be able to transcend to the next level with the same level of no uh, success. No, you know, and I mean, here's the thing, like, and and I know he's he's a guy that you know I'm a fan of because he went to Notre Dame, but you, you look at a guy like Miles Boykin, who I'm pretty sure was a uh, you know third round pick um, or a third day pick, excuse me, by the Baltimore Ravens, and even in his first year. He started, um, you know, t- turning some heads, and and now, uh, you know, he's, you know, th- he he's becoming a uh, a target, and and you look at, um, you know, a Chase Claypool, for example, you know, I know he was a uh, first round pick, and I'm gonna pull it up here uh, really quick if I can find it, um, where exactly he was drafted, but I think it was in the later part, uh, he was second round pick, pick 49, and you know he's basically become you know the the almost the de facto number one in Pittsburgh you know you you look at you know Juju Smith-Schuster and I know and I I know Schuster was just brought back but Claypool has kind of developed this relationship with Big Ben and was kind of whether he was a, a number one or not debatable but on, on a lot of those deep plays, on a lot of those end zone plays, well, that Claypool's was the a first way more exciting deep threat and right. red zone option. He, right. So whether he was a true number one or not, he was the guy that Ben was looking to first. If you were looking well, the, for a, the truth, be told, Deontay Johnson gets more targets than anyone else on that team. Mm-hmm. He's the one filling the old Antonio Brown role. It's not. It's not Juju Smith-Schuster, and, and you know people still talk up Juju. And I know the Eagles had an offer out there. It came out later, um, multi-year, much more money than Pittsburgh decided to stay. I don't know if he just didn't like where the Eagles are or are going. Um, seems like a kind of a silly maneuver. I don't think anybody knows where Pittsburgh is or where they're going. Right, and Deontay uh, Johnson was a third-round pick. Yeah, Deontay Johnson, very low. Antonio Brown, very successful for the Steelers. <laughs> he was right. You know, you don't you don't third, have to you don't have to be a first-round top. You know, top five, top six pick. Uh, I'm Google here in a second. Jerry Rice, I know for a fact, was not a first day selection. Well, Terrell Owens wasn't, was he? In case, in case you were, uh, in case everybody was curious, uh, I, I Jerry Rice out of uh, where was it? I know it was a tiny school, and it saluted my Jack- memory. Jacksonville uh, State, right? Mississippi Valley. State. Mississippi Valley. Yeah, oh, I knew yeah. it was one of those southern states. <laughs> Yeah. Southern State, Mississippi States. Valley State, big football school, uh, very well known. Um, 
Well, what pick was Jerry Rice in the draft? Oh, he was a first round, following being selected 16th overall in the 1985 draft. So he was drafted way higher than I expected. Terrell Owens was a third round pick. He was the 89th pick. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine being an NFL exec and being? I really like this kid out of Mississippi Valley State. And people are like, well, yeah, there's there's a guy out of Georgia though. He's real fast. They're like, no, you're gonna want this guy. You're gonna want this Mississippi Valley <laughs> he's, State. He's probably you know, gonna be pretty. Bill Wallace is like, I want that kid. You know. So yeah. So they, like, but well, but I mean, Wallace. it's you know the Eagles. You know they they're they're putting stock in the draft, and 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 you know I I think it's a smart move. You're you're making yourself. You have a lot of availability this year. You have a lot of availability uh, next year, and and you know to see um, how things uh, pan out. And in news uh, of how the hell does this happen, uh, Colt McCoy signing a one-year deal with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. How, that guy's still in the league. What the yeah, well, hell I mean, is he, even he, that? To be fair, in the last couple of years, to be fair, uh, in the last <laughs> couple of years, um, in spot starts with the Giants, hasn't looked bad. No. I, I mean, and, and to be honest, there's been a couple runs, that uh, poor runs for Danny Jones that, that Colt McCoy actually looked like an improvement. Um, and so for a kind of a, you have a risky, uh, injury, possibly laden quarterback starting situation. Uh, you want to make sure you have somebody in there that can come in and handle some snaps for a game or two. Um, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that signing. Uh, that's, that's, that's fine. But um, he's, he's definitely up there, but the Eagles also showed, I mean, with the Juju Smith offer and, uh, you know, there were a couple other offers out there on the table. They are trying to use what money they have to, to land some players. I was disappointed. They weren't as much in the Kenny Galladay sweepstakes. I thought that was going to be a good signing despite his injury history. Uh, Lord knows our training staff is <laughs> top-notch. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> great talent. Not going to deny the talent, but, man, uh, can't stay healthy. But, um, Sean, today also the, the NFL uh, confirming uh, and, and um, approving the, uh, the addition of an 18th week, a 17th game, uh, extra week uh, of the uh, NFL regular season, which I, honestly I had thought that also that was, great for our training staff. Right. I also I thought that was already a thing. I, I thought that had already been approved, um, but I was wrong. So um, just looking over some of the matchups uh, in the additional week, uh, the Eagles get the Jets, uh, the Cowboys get the Patriots. Um, so some so we the the Cowboys and Eagles get the easier ones out of the NFC East because the Giants get the Dolphins, Washington gets uh, gets the Bills. Um, looking around the rest of the league, some of the bigger matchups added uh, with that 17th game, uh, the Buccaneers and the Colts, um, the Seahawks. Yeah, there, were, there were some decent marquee games. In, Seahawks in that, and the uh, Steelers, Saints-Titans, uh, Cardinals. Packers-Chiefs is one for sure, right? Jesus, the Caps are blowing a lead again. Surprising. Um, Cardinals and Browns, um, kind of a kind of a big one there, and Packers and um, the Chiefs. Packers Chiefs is a, is uh, uh, is definitely the biggest uh, the biggest of those matchups. I think anyone's excited for uh, Eagles Jets. I mean, the Eagles, I'm excited for. I say Eagles Eagles fans probably are. If we're being a, when it comes down to like jockeying for position in the NFC East, the fact that uh, the, the the Washington football team draws the Buffalo Bills in that last. Well, that's what I said. I mean, the Giants get the Dolphins, Washington gets the Bills. You know, the Cowboys get the Patriots, which could go either way. Right. Well, the Patriots are spending some money, and presumably, I still think the Patriots are spending all that money because they play against the Buccaneers this year. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Chance to re- Bill versus Tom. He's like, I'm not going to get embarrassed out there. We'll bring Cam Newton back. And like, <laughs> you said you didn't want to get embarrassed. Why are you doing that? 
Um, but yeah, the fact that the Eagles drew the Jets, that could be the difference uh, hypothetically in that division uh, would be that extra game. But yeah, I was looking at that. I, I like the Vikings Chargers. I thought that was a could be an intriguing matchup. one. I mean, the Chargers have Bears to start. Raiders could be a good game. I don't know if it's going to have any playoff implications, but it could be a good game. I mean, the, it's the, the Khalil Mack Bowl, right? I mean, the Raiders the Raiders were a game off the playoffs, but Bears made the playoffs. But you know, should have been a game off the playoffs. Um, <laughs> should have been, but but it's the Khalil Mack Bowl. It's pretty exciting. But I, but I, I like I like the you know like I said I I thought it already happened. Bucks uh, Colts is a really good with um with the that. expanded playoff and um you know I I I like adding an extra game and you know an extra game into the mix. Um, that's Why not? Obviously, going to have fantasy season goes one week longer. <laughs> well, yeah, that we'll have to we'll have to bump it back to what um you know that's uh, exciting. I get an extra week of fantasy. All right, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen instead of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Um, I'm fine with that. Fine with that. Um, but yeah, so, so, um, the NFL, uh, adding another week this year, um, and, uh, you know, some, some decent games on the, uh, on that, uh, that extra week, uh, for some playoff implication, uh, moving to the frozen sheet here, Sean, um, last week, uh, some big news with the, with the NHL, uh, firing veteran, uh, referee Tim Peel. Uh, in a yeah. game, uh, in a game between the Red Wings and Predators, he was kind of caught in a hot mic moment. Fifteen oh four left in the first. Uh, Victor Arvidsson, forward for the Predators, called for a tripping against uh, tripping Red Wings defenseman Joel, John Merrill. Um, even though Merrill uh, embellished the the fall, um, Peel had made the call from around center ice with twelve forty two remaining uh, in the period. The Nashville broadcast captured audio of Peel saying it wasn't much. But I wanted to get an effing penalty called against Nashville early. Um, once uh, you know, once that got caught, uh, it kind of got blown up around uh, around the um, social media and around the internet, and um, was kind of the talk of, of sports media there uh, for 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 a b- brief period of time. The NFL, or excuse me, the NHL acted quickly, um, you know, announcing that uh, that he will not uh, officiate any more games. He was set to retire at the end of this year, so uh, just giving him an early start. Um, people people uh, reacted to this and, and questioned whether or not the NHL acted uh, too heavy-handed um, with the decision to, you know, to, to let him go. And and I think there's there's multiple reasons why they, they made the decision to let him go. First off, he was retiring at the end of the year, so at, at this point, what's what's it worth? to suspend him you're halfway through the season you suspend him what are you going to do bring a guy who was caught on a hot mic um first of all dropping an f-bomb but second of all admitting that he was trying to call a penalty well on another, like a if, if you've sat anywhere in the first 10 rows of a hockey game the f-bomb isn't the issue <laughs> um because the the mic the audio theoretically should not have been on but when you're when you're caught right. you know the, influencing did that, did that the audio game, go out on National went out on the broadcast yeah yikes Yes, and that that's how Clearly it got not caught. Not on a delay. No, that's how it got caught. You know, so like what are you going to do? Bring a guy back who's cl- you know clearly calling with bias. You know, something that that right wrong or indifferent people have questioned, especially with the NHL for years. Um, you know, now you have a guy uh, you know clearly caught red-handed admitting uh that 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 was the intention. So, why are you going to bring that guy back for the playoffs? He's going to retire anyway. I think the NHL acted right here because you know, 
obviously every every sports fan in the world, you know, uh, agrees that uh, you know if if their team loses, it's because the referees were bullshit. We, everybody knows that. But like when you know when you have this situation, and if you don't act swiftly, if you don't send a you know make a statement by moving on from him, then any any time there's a questionable call, any time something doesn't go the way that it should, you know clearly, then you're going to have credibility called into question. Which again, the NHL already has some issues with, be it with their on ice officiating, their their Department of Player Safety. Um, there's already questions there. Now, now you're, you're really caught red handed. I think the NHL did exactly what they had to do. They had to fire Tim Peel. They had to send a message. I, I, you know, it's not very often. I agree wholeheartedly with what the NHL does, uh, from a disciplinary standpoint. This, this is one time I think they got it big time, right? Oh yeah. I mean, their, their hands were tied. Even, even if he would have been somebody just genuinely loved in the organization and, and, and generally loved, you know, by hockey people and, you know, all around, I mean, and it's, it's just a matter of stupidity. I mean, in today's, I mean, today's world to begin with the fact, you know, with cell phones and, and, and social media and everything else, you got to watch what you say to begin with. But when you're, when you're in a game where you're wearing a, where you're mic'd up for any reason and you have no control over when that goes on a feed, uh, you got to watch your mouth. Uh, you know, I mean, just dropping the, the curse where I understand that that's just a way and, and how the league doesn't have a, a delay. I mean, in a lot of cases, there's a delay to kind of yeah, filter that out. I'm yeah, not sure I, I thought there, there had been one because of the, the no fans situation. Things were picked up that aren't normally picked up. Yeah, well, there will be now. Uh, but the, um, you know, to say something that glaringly suspicious and, you know, just – just lack of thought. That's all it really is. And I understand it's probably a conversation he's had on the ice in years past. Very similar. You know, I understand, you know, you're telling a coach like, look, look, I'm going to keep my eyes open, you know, whatever you're going to say, but you can't specifically name a team and be like, I was trying to get one on Nashville. Like, right. Right. You yeah. can think it and you can be looking for it. And like hockey fans all over the world are like, ah, oh, it's a makeup call. You know, you, you know, it. Sure. I know we, we've seen makeup calls, whether it's hockey, baseball, time. you know, strike zones Football, change as, as the games go on. Like, oh, well, they made that one up, you know, but but like and I get it. You know, it's part of the official trying in an interest of fairness. Maybe you thought you made a close call and you're like, ah, man, I could really affect the game. And like, I'd like to kind of balance this out. And I understand where that makeup call idea comes from. Sure. But to admit you're looking for one. Right, it's the difference if you know if 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 a if a coach has has a calls an official over and is talking to them, but you know, hey, this guy's clutching, this guy's grabbing, this guy's hooking on every on every play. I mean, I, I've been on I've been on you know like a like a semi pro uh, football sideline, and, and you'll hear coaches talking, you know, to the to the side judge, hey, look for this, look for this, and the referees, okay, I got it, got it, got it. You know, they're they're that's not them saying, Hey, I'm specifically looking for this. That's, you know, a coach is talking to him. All right. You know, we'll keep an eye out coach, whatever. But when you're specifically, you know, I I'm trying to get Nashville a call here. I'm trying to do this, trying to do that. Um, you know, that, that immediately calls into question the credibility of that official of that league of that game at that time. And, and yeah, like you just, uh, you just can't have it. And, um, you know, for, for the NHL, you, you, you act swiftly, uh, you do um, you do what uh, has to be done there. 
Um, two more things, Sean, out of the uh, out of the NHL. Um, Alex Ovechkin continuing um, to climb the uh, the 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 goals uh, the all time goals list. Um, had a slow start to this year. Missed the first few games. Was on the COVID list. Um, and uh, you know, apparently he heard people were talking about him and uh, saying that he he was having a slow start. Uh, because he's come on hot as of late, uh, has not scored yet tonight though. I have the game on here, um, but uh, he is up to uh, 724 uh, goals in his career. He is just now seven behind Marcel Dion for a uh, fifth all time, um, and then another uh, ten to Brett Hall at 741 in fourth place all time. Both, um, you know, obviously Dion well uh, in range uh, for this year. Um, Brett Hull possibly in play this year if uh, if Alex can stay hot. Um, currently going into play tonight, like I said, has not scored yet. 170 goals um, behind Wayne Gretzky. 35 years old. He'll turn 36 in September. Obviously, um, the the two COVID shortened seasons uh, has not helped his bid. It it has made it a a far. Uh, far greater made it a much steeper slope i guess we'll call it that we'll make it a, it's a steeper cliff to climb you know so so if if you're you know if you figure if he has you know f- five years left you know you're looking you're looking anywhere uh between 35 40 goals a season um for over over that period of time on average now you're you're assuming that at ages 36 maybe 37 uh, that that you're looking in closer in line of the higher uh higher 40s pushing the 50 mark um you know and you would like to think too that if you're within you know five or so that even if you're you know a little bit uh, past your expiration date you, you might come back and try and try and get on the uh, you know at the top of the list but I really think that the number that that's more realistic for Alex Ovechkin at this point is second place all time Gordy Howe sitting at 801. So, you know, that's what, 77 goals, um, you know, for, for Alex Ovechkin to, to get to um, second place all time and to, to currently tie Gordie Howe. That, that, that's more than reasonable. I mean, even if Alex... How many does he need to tie Gordie? Uh, if my math is correct, 77, because he's at 724, Howe's at 801. It should be... Yeah, so that's right. seventy-seven to tie, seventy-eight to take that over. You know, theoretically, because Hal's sitting in what number is he? Eight hundred and one. He's in second place. Second place, and Gretzky's a uh, at eight ninety-four. <laughs> that's a huge gap. It is a it is a huge like, gap. For, it's, that's two to three seasons. Yeah, that's that that is a well. I mean, when you have a couple of seasons of uh, you know, well, they're not. It's not two to three Gretzky seasons. No, because he had seasons of ninety plus goals. Like. <laughs> Um, but I think, I think that's the most amazing. Gordy Howe did that in like 40 years. Right. Gretzky did that in considerably less. Gordy Howe played a very different brand of hockey and spent a lot of time in the penalty box. You know, Gordy was busy enforcing the ice. So Gordy was controlling the way the game was going to be played that day. And then like in the midst (laughs) of it would be like, let me also score a goal. So I think, I think second place is your more realistic target. Um, you know, obviously I'm still pulling for my guy to, 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 to break the, the, the goal. Also, this just in as a sports feed, uh, just so everybody's aware, 
uh, Gonzaga does cruise to remain undefeated. Oh, they house USC, 80, right? 85 to 66 final score wow. over USC, who shellacked Oregon uh, yesterday. Eesh. Yeah, Gonzaga looks <laughs> Gonzaga looks literally a step above right now in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they and look – um, they can hold form. I don't see anybody else that I've watched play beating them. But that's just me. So back to the NHL. I, I just wanted to inform our listeners that will not necessarily hear this live, but some are. Um, some are, yes. Zags look good. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I just the, – the the COVID shortened season suck, you know, the, the, because, you know, last year he missed, what, um, you know, nine, ten games at the end of the year. Uh, he was on a fairly hot streak going into this year. Your your season's cut down by 20-plus games. Uh, that, that That's a lot of scoring opportunity um for Alex Ovechkin and then of course he missed time to start the year um with the COVID absence um you know he wasn't actually sick but he was on the on the list um you know so for me I think I think second place is the realistic target but you know I'll never I'll never count out (laughs) Alex Ovechkin if I've learned one thing over watching him for the last decade um decade plus I'm not going to count the guy out but I think uh, second place, beating Gordy Howe, finishing somewhere between 801 and 894 is your likely landing spot. Yeah, I mean, I think I think second place is very realistic uh, finish. I, I don't think it's unrealistic to think maybe he hangs on longer than he should, but becomes like a second or third line just situational goal scorer to try to get there. I think he's going to play as long. He's a, I mean, he's a hockey player. Right. He's not a guy going to walk he's not the guy that says you know what i'm going to go out on top obviously he would have done that already uh he, he he's um you know he was young when they won the cup but there are people that have done crazier things um i mean yager's still I, playing <laughs> yager's still playing uh, and truth be told as good as he's playing in europe he could probably i mean you, you can't tell me that the sabers have every player on their <laughs> rosters better than yager right he, now. he could be a he could be a top line forward for the buffalo probably, sabers right now yes i was gonna say be like it'd be like a winger for the for the Sabres starting, and he probably sell tickets if, if they were. Be like people probably. Like, I'll, go see I'll go see Yager. Nobody, I mean, of nobody course, else is selling. Well, of course, no. let's be honest. Dominic Hasek at his current age would probably be a better goaltender. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, so I had a highlight reel of Dominic Hasek the other day. His top ten goal saves, one of the most unbelievable. If you haven't, just just go on YouTube, search Dominic Hasek, ten best saves. Guy was unreal, man. It's like four minutes of just solid gold. Like you're just like I, I, and I still knowing he's going to make the save. I still watch the shot going. That's going in, <laughs> and he stands on his head literally. And you're like, all right, well done, well done there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I shortened seasons or not, it was going to be a hard, a hard climb to get to Gretzky anyway. Um, but say one thing, you hold the pace he's on now, and you get through even this season we're in. He holds this pace longer. You know, it, it depends, like, right now what the next couple of weeks looks like. Because if he can hold a goal a game for even another couple of weeks, he have, may have the opportunity to turn this year into, a you know, basically a number of goals that he may have scored in a full-length season. Right. So, all of a sudden, you start closing the door a lot faster. And then I'm going to start buying that he stays in the league long enough. But if he hits, if he catches Gordy, 77 is very realistic. I don't think there's any reason to think he doesn't catch Gordy Howe. But I don't – um you know, whether that other near 100 goals, uh, it would just kind of depend when he catches Gordy. Is it midseason? Is it like the end of season? You know, does he have an opportunity to maybe turn that 800 into like 820 
before that particular season ends. Um, but if he, you know, even in the next handful of years, three years from now, if he's sitting at like 8, 10, 8, 20, 8, 30, I think he plays in, into his 40s and tries to get him. I think he tries. Yeah, I think, he, I think he wants big, it. He's strong. He's not injury prone. No. At least not to this point in his career. He, he's, he's not a guy that's getting beaten around, and he's not a scrawny little guy. So I, I think he's a guy that you can throw on a second or third line, maybe just on a power play line. You, you just keep him around as like a, a low-end guy and, and kind of a specialty player um, and, and kind of a team coach, um, especially if you're a team that reaches out for Russian talent places and, and, and they want to play with Alex Ovechkin. I, I don't see any reason why he can't play till he's 45 and, and, and still catch Gretzky, but it's going to take, I, I think, well into his 40s to, to get it. Yeah, it it certainly will, and 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 like I said, you, with the, with the shortened seasons, it it's you know it 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 has definitely put a put a damper on the possibility. But like I'll, I'll never uh, I'll never count out uh, I'll never count out the grade eight. Uh, finally, one last thing here, and and uh, somewhat shorter topic in the in the NHL before we take the break. Um, you know, this year with the with the COVID season, uh, of course, we had the the North Division, all the Canadian teams uh, playing each other, really. Um, Kind of expanding on some of these Canadian rivalries, your your Maple Leafs, Canadians, your uh, Maple Leafs and Senators, uh, Flames, Oilers, stuff like that. And there's been a lot of talk, especially in the in the Canadian uh, sports media, that fans, players, media, they want whether or not you can actually make it work to to realign the NHL and and have the the full Canadian division from here on out because I think I'd be really hard because when you're talking, you know, Montreal to Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton, uh, that that's, that's quite the, the travel situation, unless you kind of do some of these group scheduling, uh, road trips that you, that you've seen this year. And, and like you see more in like the, the American hockey league, um, and, uh, you know, the East coast hockey league and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know that a full realignment is necessarily possible, but, you know, I, I think this has kind of been a been a great thing for for hockey and in, in, uh, in, you know our neighbors to the north here. So I would not be shocked, Sean, if, if the NHL finds a way, and I think they should because it, you know, if if you catch one of these games, if you have ESPN Plus, there's usually one or two, maybe sometimes three NHL games on there every day. So sometimes you'll get these Canadian ones, or um, you know, your your Saturday night on the NHL Network. These Canadian matchups have been. Um, a lot of fun to watch this year, and and they get pretty damn heated uh, between between these Canadian teams. So uh, I think the NHL should really look into a way to try and make more North versus North uh, matchup hap- matchups happen in the future. Oh yeah, I, I think the North has been has been uh, very interesting, um, and I think as you're pushing forward, um, you know, to get um, as far as this year's playoffs go. Um, I know there was talk about, you know, the, the, the North and, and obviously the COVID situation and like, what do you, I mean, obviously it's going to be bubbling and, and it's going to be the whole thing. I, I, I don't see a major issue there, but you know, people want fans and people want, you know, things like that. If the, if the North, you know, I, I, I think the uh, NHL could look to realign uh, and kind of create these divisions. Uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, obviously, it's going to be a bargaining agreement. The players are going to have to agree to it. Everything like that. It, sure. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's a lot of American clubs that like look forward to traveling to Calgary. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Especially not like in it's February. Not like they're like, well, we're looking to put Calgary in like its own Canadian division. So, like, are you okay not playing Tampa Calgary? in February, Calgary, Alberta in February? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll take I Tampa. See, yeah. Yeah, I did see uh, like a, a funny meme. It was like top three cities, um, you know, to land the next NHL franchise, and it was like Quebec City, Buffalo, Calgary were the three. Um, and I thought that was hilarious uh, to just bash <laughs> those three squads. But anyway, um, <laughs> there's no franchise in Buffalo. No, um, no, <laughs> that's horrendous. Um, thank you though for that that win. Gritty's happy. Thing sucks. It does suck. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another feed where someone's like, uh, most most losses in a row. And then somebody else in one of the Facebook groups have been chimed in. Like, Actually, that would be my Winnipeg Jets. And then somebody <laughs> else was like, you're wrong. You guys just went winless for 30 games. You had some ties in there. Wrong, and I'm like, wow. Wrong. First of all, to like brag and claim. Like, no, my, my team city sucks has the, the worst. Losses. My city's the worst hockey team. Um, ridiculous. It's ridiculous <laughs> is what it is. But, yeah, I, I – I don't see I, I, whether it's like a realignment or anything like that. I, I mean, I'd be excited to see it. The downside is, is, you know, as a hockey fan, whether I'm here in Tampa, whether I'm at home in Philly, um, I still like the opportunity to see us play against Canadian teams. Like I, I, I like, I liked being aligned with teams like the Maple Leafs and the Canadians. You know, I liked uh, getting broadcasts, you know, from the Flyers playing in Montreal you know, and you, and you get like kind of the pomp and like the more like, you know, here's Oh Canada before, you know, the, 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 the American national anthem and, and, and everybody, I don't know. It's just exciting. And I like the idea of, of, of traveling to Canada and, and we understand it's more of a Canadian game than an American game. And, and, and I, sure. I, I just, I like the idea that it kind of transcends the border. So I, I would rather not see a true realignment where it's like, we're going to play up here and you guys fight it out. And then we'll play the American champion then. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I just I don't I don't think that's a realistic. Uh, I, I just don't think that's a realistic scenario. But it, kind of more out of, and teams play you know kind of everybody anyway. But to make sure the Canadian teams play Canadian teams, I think would be very exciting. Oh no doubt, no doubt. All right, Sean, let's uh, let's pause here. We're going to go to the break. We're going to hear from our uh, our sponsors. And on the other side, we're going to come back. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. We're going to predict uh, the season starting up here in just a couple of days away. Stick with us. Huddle up live. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app. That's arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcast on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook, NGSC Sports. 
We never stop. Are you looking for a place to listen to your favorite music and sports? Look no further. WLSN, the Lieb Sports and Music Network, is a web-based music and sports network. Our network was created to provide authentic, high-energy entertainment through live streaming to a national audience. We play popular music while hosting podcasts from all over the world. Curious? Check us out on the web at LeapSports.com. That's L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Or find us on the TuneIn Radio app. Got Alexa? Just say, Alexa, play WLSN on TuneIn. WLSN is America's number one blog-themed sports and music network. Welcome back, Huddle Up Live, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure you're following us on uh, social media at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. Also, you can subscribe to the show on all podcast platforms. Give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate that. If you're following along with us on the live video, give us a like and a share. Get as many people uh, in here as possible. We'd appreciate that as well, unfortunately for me. My uh, Washington Capitals uh, blow another lead tonight. Seems to be the uh, the theme of the season as of late, but uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Caps still uh, should be at the top of the uh, top of the East Division. That's shame. The Flyers are red hot. <laughs> We're red hot. Something like that. Yeah, but uh, yes, and uh, getting a little chippy hey, here. Two in a row. The last two games were. Red hot, and by red hot, I mean stealing a 2-1 win with a player's first goal of his career and then pulling out a four-straight goal comeback against the worst team in the NHL. <laughs> well, hey, you can only play the games as scheduled. You know, it's like, you know, I've, I've seen that, like, argument over the years, like, you know, when, uh, y- you know, like, the, you know, the, the Caps, I think this year started against, like, the Devils and then the Sabres. And yeah, and everybody's like, oh, they started four. No, they didn't play anybody. I'm like, they didn't schedule their games. You're gonna man. get to play those teams. Like up. you know, it's everybody plays within the division. It is what it is. Rangers took a couple cheap, cheap shots there uh, at the end. Things got a little bit chippy, but the Caps uh, go off with a loss here tonight. Five two loss uh, to those dang Rangers. Don't like it. It is what it is. Um, but uh, Major League Baseball getting underway this week, Sean. The the new season opening yes, they day. Are. Um, and if, as you, um, as you listen along, if you're with us live and you want to give your thoughts on, uh, how you think the MLB season is going to play out, uh, feel free to do that. Also make sure go, you, t- you go to, uh, whatamaneuver.net and, uh, grab some huddle up merchandise. We'd appreciate that, uh, as well. Um, 
so let's start here. We're going to go. Let's just go through the divisions, Sean, and and we'll start in the the American League. We'll uh, give our predictions for the three division winners. Uh, we'll give our prediction for the two wild card teams. I I, I believe. I believe they made like six changes to my list, so <laughs> I'm ready to go. I believe they're back to the the normal format this year with the as of now as far as i can tell it's it's three division winners two wild cards playing okay that's 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 what i thought i thought they were back yeah. to normal last year they did the additional ones leave it the... up to the bargaining agreement uh in another year to decide if they're changing that yeah yeah no doubt um so let's start in in the al east and then i also want to do um when we go through each league do like a surprise team well now whether it's a good surprise or bad surprise you can leave that up to to your discretion um, sure. But, uh, you know, for me, you know, I look at the AL East and, and I, and I go back, um, to, you know, what the, you know, what, what, what happened last year. And, and I just, I, I don't, I don't see this not going, unfortunately. And it, you know, this can it be like, you know, my surprise seems the pirates cause they're actually going to be worse than you think. <laughs> you know, um, I, something I, like that. I just, I just don't, you know, I, I know, (laughs) I know that, um, you know, I know Tampa won the the East last year, but I, I just, I think the Yankees did, did enough in the off season. And and I I think as much as I hate to say it, I think this is going to be the Yankees division to lose. So for me, I, I have the New York Yankees taking the East. Um, I, I hate it. I almost want to vomit saying it, but. It is what it is. Well, to be fair, you, to be fair, um, <laughs> I think you're you're probably you know a lot of people are still high on the Rays there, and you know being in Tampa, a part of me just to to watch this cruel Champa Bay nonsense continue, uh, wanted to put the Rays in there, but I I just don't see it. You know, I have no reason not to pick the Yankees there, and, and it was just like, it's like I I think the Red Sox could surprise in that division. I, I think they they've made some kind of changes and stuff, but. But yeah, what are you gonna do? It's your team. It's your, it's your, you know, it's your team's division, but your team's not gonna challenge for it. Like, what are you gonna do? It's frustrating. <laughs> They're not gonna challenge for fourth out of five, Sean. You know, it's like we could get fourth. You know, we could get fourth. No, it's pretty good. But right now, Orioles in first place because Baltimore alphabetically is the highest. <laughs> there you go. How about that? Always starting first. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Anyway, so are we just picking the AL East? Is that where you're at? Are we yeah, we'll go. We'll go division. Right we'll go division to, by division. So we'll All right, start. So AL East. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I have the Yankees winning that division. I and I, I'm not sure it's close. Um, you know, couldn't take the Rays. And you know, as we go down future wise, um, I actually don't even have the Rays in my wild card. If you want a preview of my wild card situation, I do not um, either. Yeah, I just I don't know. You lose Blake Snell and. There's a lot of talent on the Rays team, and if the Rays win the East, I'm not going to be surprised. If the Rays are a wild card, I'm not going to be that surprised. But in my little selection here, I don't have them. Um, but I, I take the Yankees to win uh, the AL East. Yeah, then I go to uh, the AL Central, and uh, I'm going to go just kind of a, a repeater of a year ago, and, and I'm going to look at the Minnesota Twins. You know, they, they uh, won, won in a tight AL Central race. Uh, a year ago, um, you know, and I have no reason to believe that this team hasn't gotten better. I, I, I think that um, you're going to see them come out and, and continue to, to just play some good baseball. You know, they, they uh, had one of the one of the better uh, run differentials in the American League last year, looking down over it, uh, third best 
uh, in terms of actually second best in terms of uh, run differential a year ago. So, um, you know, kind of kind of keep that that train rolling in Minnesota. I, I like the Twins uh, to come out of the Central here. Crap! Here we go. Um, <laughs> I thought I was taking kind of a kind of a stretch here. Uh, you know, looking at over a lot of the you know predictions, I was just kind of doing some research, looking at Sports Illustrated and Yahoo and NBC and CBS, and it seems like a lot of folks hot on the White Sox. Um, you know, White Sox here, White Sox there. You know, I'm seeing um, uh, not only the White Sox but the Indians. I, I do like the Indians. Um, as a whole, or are they calling themselves the Indians? Did they change that? This this is the final year that they are called the Indians. Now they don't. Okay, so they're still the Indians because as I was reading the articles, I'm like, how old are these articles? They they are um, still the Indians. They are not using um any of like the Chief old Wahoo. Chief Wahoo logos. That has been retired. This will be the final season of the Indians. See, they if, really had an opportunity to sell a sponsor. That could have been Chief Yahoo. <laughs> you get, uh, get if, the sponsor uh, there. If, You're kind of the hub for fantasy baseball. If Chief um, Yahoo. if they they if they don't come up I with the feel like a Yahoo. If, if they if yeah. they don't come up with the new um, identity uh, name branding by next year, then they will probably go something similar along the way of like the Cleveland Baseball Club or something. Um, Good lord! Because as we've seen with with Washington, let's just do that for all the teams. Just, screw mascots. <laughs> screw mascots. Uh, Baltimore, Cleveland today. <laughs> yeah, I got a Baltimore Cleveland baseball matchup. It's a but I think it's I, I, I think it's just there, there's a lot of yeah, yeah. reading with the with the Washington situation and why they're still going to be the football team this year is there's there's actually a lot more in the way of like trademarking and and you know sketching and. First draft, second I still draft. Because Dan Snyder's an idiot. Hundredth draft. Well, I mean, well, and like, how do you how do you consistently have a racist mascot well, team name? I mean, and so, not have I, like trademarks banked on like backup names. Well, I mean, I had that ahead of time. He should have. Like, you know, what? but I, I don't at think at some point we're gonna get. I don't think Dan and, Snyder ever thought that 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 his hand was gonna be forced. I think he literally thought that he was just gonna continue to be able to operate. I thought you were gonna say I don't think Dan Snyder thought he'd have his job this long. Well, that too, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the and they are still they are still the Indians this year. But but uh, it is just the. Uh, but the, I saw a lot of them. But I also um, I took them last year, and and they 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 did well for me uh, in the predictions last year. Uh, I like Minnesota's pitching, um, and I like I, I like everything about that lineup. They they didn't make a lot of changes, but I don't think they needed to, and um, I, I just don't see any. You know, there's certain clubs that I look at like both both sides of it, like defensively and pitching wise and offensive like who's who's the most stable team i'm gonna pick that the most stable uh the twins <laughs> just seem to be there the yankees are always a good bet to be because they they pay good money for it sure do uh the sure twins do. do it a very different way uh but they're doing it the right way uh and i i'm with you so far we're two for two but i think we're going to start to differ here uh coming up possibly then we go out west and and you know not not to just lather rinse repeat what i what i said for the central but um, you know, I look at an A's team that, that was pretty much the dominant force uh, in the AL West, and, and, you know, I don't think the Rangers are any better. I don't think the Angels are getting any younger or better. Uh, Seattle, same kind of story. So now you're down to Oakland and Houston. But, um, you know, when, when you had, you know, run differential of plus 42 compared to four, uh, this is an A's team that, that just almost reminded me a little bit uh, sans steroids of, of the – the monster A's teams of the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and and I think they're just going to continue to roll. They're going to roll year to year. 
I like the A's coming out of the West again, Joan. Yeah, I think I was uh, pretty high on the A's last year, and I, I just um, I, I wasn't feeling it. I just, you know, something about it, like maybe, maybe it was kind of a flash in the pan kind of let's flip it around. Uh, I'm going with um, uh, kind of a revamped pitching staff in Houston. I'm taking the other side of your coin there. Uh, I, I think the and, – and, and that lineup's too good to do as poorly as they did last year again. Um, they were hot enough, looked like they were going to kind of catch the A's for a while, and then uh, the season just kind of – I don't know if they ran out of time. I don't know. I don't know if time ran out of them. And I don't know if they were waiting for a trash can. Who knows what was going on? Oh. <laughs> uh, but trash cans are not. Scandal or not, the Astros have a phenomenal lineup top to bottom. And their pitching staff is revamped. It's gotten younger. Uh, I like everything Houston. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those ones where, like, a lot of places I'm looking, they're, they're not uh, favored super high on a list of teams to make the playoffs. You know, they're kind of in that, like, plus 150 to 200 range. Uh, if you're a betting human being, uh, putting your money on the Astros is not a bad play. I'm going to take them to win the West. All right, very good. Then we look at the wild card again. This year, back to just two wild card teams, your wild card teams from a year ago. Um, I mean, the, the, the two wild card teams were Toronto and the White Sox, but you had uh, Houston, Cleveland, and uh, the Yankees making it uh, as the second-place team with the expanded playoffs. Uh, a right. year ago um i'm gonna go with my two wild card teams you know they're a team that, that you talked about um that, that was pretty dominant in the central uh the cleveland indians uh you know i think they're gonna be in that dog fight um with the twins uh for number one so so i think they're gonna be your your top uh wild card team your your home club for that playing game which you know as we get later in the baseball season be sure to talk about i never like a play in game uh in baseball i would like to see a three game uh-huh. Series. I've been pushing. You know, your your whole your whole sport is based off a series. I'm a very close friend of the you know Major League Baseball front office. You know, very close friends with a lot of them. Well, we had uh, an MLB. We had. I mean, we had a a guy from the MLB Network. I don't know how much that means. We're close to the front office. Yeah, Major League Baseball Productions, and (laughs) and, you know, maybe that maybe he's my my in guy, but. Like, I'm just trying to pass through, get rid of this one game play in nonsense, you know, especially when you're talking about pitching, like you try to sell pitching matchups. And then in the second round, you know, one team doesn't have their ace available till game three. Or, yeah. It's just, it, get it's, the heck out of here. Three game series reset, win two out of three, all the pitching resets, play a fair series in the next round. That's all I have to say. Uh, but yes, uh, finish Cle- Cleveland's my one. And, um, you know, I like a team that that made the the playoffs out of the East. Um, I, I think they're still playing in Buffalo this year. Uh, the Blue Jays, the old, the old Buffalo, Buffalo Jays, Blue Jays. Where, wherever they're wherever they're calling home this year, at least until the border opens up, if it ever does. Um, the Toronto Buffalo Blue Jays. Uh, I, I like them. Thought with Major League Baseball kicking off here to start the month of April. That by the end of April, the Blue the Blue Jays could already have more wins than the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, the middle of April, they could probably have more wins. <laughs> I would say by the end of this weekend, but you, you know, you only you only play three games they, in a weekend. They sweep their opening. You're going to be halfway there, like halfway there. Um, but uh, yeah, I like Toronto. I like the Blue Jays as as my second wild card team. Yeah, God, I hate predicting baseball. Um, there's just so many teams and so few spots 
Like I feel like when you're predicting the NFL or you know hockey, like like you kind of get to you're you're, you're kind of like, well, it's half the league. Like I I kind of know where the cream rises and where. Like all these teams that you're picking are all in the cream side of you know like, I, I don't know. Um, so it's very frustrating. And I had the A's penciled in as a wild card, and and I kept reading and. And I like what the Angels are doing. You, you think they're too old? I don't. Uh, I have the Angels getting in uh, to my wild card. Uh, they're going to be on the road, however. The Angels are your second wild card. Uh, they're going to be traveling to everybody's presumable uh, central winner. I think the Chicago White Sox. Uh, I do like what they're doing. Um, I, I like their ability to kind of pass the Indians this year. I think that central. My fear with the White Sox, you know, taking a central team like you did, is I feel like with us both liking the Indians, both liking uh, the Twins. One of them is uh, that, screwed. <laughs> that they're probably both out and the White Sox are in. That's probably what's going to happen. The price is, is the White wrong, Sox are Because there's a chance that the three of them and, and the rest of that central, you know, it's a very good uh, division of baseball. It's probably one um, of the tighter You divisions. might not get two teams. Right. So we might just be screwing ourselves. Um, it's more realistic to think that, like, the Yankees pull away and, like, the Blue Jays is probably a good pick. Um, but but I'm going to take the White Sox hosting the Angels uh, for my wild card route. All right, very good. I, I did look it up. Um, to start the year, at least uh, the Blue Jays' first two homestands uh, will be played at um, their spring training home, TD Ballpark in uh, Dunedin, Florida. Is that, is that Dunedin? How? Dunedin, Florida. The Dunedin Blue Jays. Yes. Uh, so that that's nice where, stadium. I've driven by it. I haven't been there. That's where they're starting uh, the year for at least their first couple of home series. Now they're, they're looking they're, to see a major league uh, game. You want a, a cool town to hang out in? I'll tell you this: Dunedin's a hip town. Uh, just kind of a first of all, very LGBTQ friendly, uh, but just tons of breweries, eateries, bars, uh, so they, things like that. They, they start, and they're all open because there's no COVID in Florida. <laughs> Uh, they start the year. Zero they, COVID. The, their first two series are on the road. And then they have two home series. Then they have uh, three series on the road. So so they wouldn't be back home in Dunedin, Florida, until the end of April uh, after their first two um, after their first two home series. Where but you're they, looking at it. Who do they host in their first two? They host. Uh, let me pull it back here because I was looking. Um, It'd be kind of cool to see a actual major league game the right the, the eighth ninth tenth eleventh they host the angels the 12 13 14 Sweet. uh they host the yankees so if you want to get the one i'd go to I that new go york series that's gonna be packed it's gonna be packed okay. it's gonna be but and it's gonna be covid trout, people so from florida from new york are probably gonna fly down too so uh well, they're all here well that's true um <laughs> but uh there's a possibility they could return home uh, to toronto uh the team is also considering playing a portion of their home schedule um in uh in buffalo at salem field uh which is where they played uh last season once uh once we get out of this uh late winter early spring weather uh in buffalo so um those are my uh wild card teams imagine, in- the, imagine the pain of mike trout and the angels it's like hey i got a change of plans guys we're going not to gonna buffalo. fly to toronto you're flying to uh tampa bay florida okay be like oh bummer you know <laughs> Like, ah, crap. I was really looking forward to and then, uh And then, Sean, my, my surprise team, and, and this one's going to go. In the American League? In the American League, and I'm going to go, like, a, in, a, in a bad way. Uh, a team that uh, went all the way to the World Series a year ago. Um, oh, no. Uh, and and I, I just, 
I think the I think the bottom's going to fall out of Tampa, and and I feel like it, it's that it's that small market team. Um, you know, at, at some point they're just gonna they're just gonna sell them off and um blow the whole thing up, and and because that's kind of the, the the story in baseball. We saw with the Orioles, um, you know what a, de- a decade ago, uh, Pirates uh, started to rebuild, then you sell everything off. Royals the same way. I just think it, it's hard for some of these smaller teams to to stay near the top. Uh, I think the bottom's going to fall out of Tampa. I think Tampa's going to be a surprise, but in a bad way uh, for the 613 people that are regular fans at uh, the Trop. Yeah, I, um, I'm i not going to go there because I, I, I think I may have undersold uh, uh, the Rays. First of all, the Rays did not lose uh, very many pieces, uh, and a ton of their talent comes from an international pool, and you got guys like Choi and, and uh, you know – but you're seeing it now, like, you know, people are concerned about, like, the injury to Choi and, like, how long is that going to be? And, you know, one of the troubles you do run into as a smaller market, it's not necessarily landing and finding that, that talent. It's like if something goes wrong, who fills in? Um, and and I, I see a very realistic situation, obviously, in my picks. I didn't have them in there. Um, Ray's lineup's real good. Pitching staff's still good. They probably got rid of Snell at a good time. I, I feel like Snell's career is going to start to wind down. I still don't think it's a bad play for the Padres. They don't need him to be their ace. Uh, but, um, you know, for them to, to land a guy like Snell, I, I don't feel like the, the one, the Rays probably couldn't pay him, but the Rays uh, didn't need to. <clears throat> but if I'm going to go for a surprise in the, you know, in the AL, I mean, I guess – you know, pulling for the Astros there. It's weird to say a team with that lineup is my surprise. Um, I don't really have a negative surprise uh, in in the AL. And, you know, I mean, I guess like I could say the A's not making it. <laughs> Maybe I'll take the A's. You take the Rays, I'll take the A's. All right. <laughs> um, I'll take the A's missing the playoffs. I think a lot of people are kind of with you. I think a lot of people like the A's. I like the A's. Uh, I just think that that West is too talented. I think the Angels are going to hang on. I, I, I think I, I like their pitching staff. I like the lineup. And uh, I think it's just going to be the Angels' year, uh, especially with a lot else going on in California. Uh, maybe the two L.A. teams, you get that, that possible Dodgers-Angels uh, World Series. It's not going to happen, by the way. That's not in my predictions. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 maybe the A's missing. Uh, or the Astros getting in. Either way, that AL West is where your surprise is for me because I think a lot of people that think the Astros are just done. I think people just forgot forgot Houston, how good they are. Uh, they're like, oh, they cheated. They can't. They're not even good. Uh, no, they're really good. No, they're good. Uh, I'm they're not going to deny it. Real good. Yeah. Like, it's just baffling. It's kind of like when the Patriots used to get caught cheating and you're like, but you're good. Like, why are you filming the Jets for? You know? Well, I and again, like Astros, I mean – the, the, but any time you can get an advantage and hold your job. But the the, the Patriot the, the the whole Patriots like the filming thing isn't quite the same as like the because like the filming isn't the There's illegal less part. Player involvement. Well, and it's like the the, the filming yeah. part wasn't even like filming isn't illegal. It's like from where and when they did it that was the illegal part. You like right? Like what that, are you that's, doing? Why are you filming a Jets practice? But like I mean, um, that, you know that that sort of like filming is done weekly in the NFL but anyway uh let's go to National League here let's start in the east and um you know from from a year ago to to now you know I I don't see the Marlins having a repeater of the the season that that took them to second place in the east 
And, and you know, and I, I think a lot of people are probably going to look at the, the Braves and, and say, you know, th- th- this is a team that, that, that's just going to come back and repeat and uh, do the things they need to do. But, like, you know, I'm looking at a team close here to Central Pennsylvania that I that I think, you know, you you have another year with this coaching coaching staff. You 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 you, you got to figure the pitching out, and I think they do. That was your biggest problem a year ago, is you just couldn't hold on to leads. You just gave up. You you gave up run after run after run after run when when you get into the bullpen. So you have to manage your game a little bit better. I think they're going to do that. I actually like the Philadelphia Phillies to win a tight. Um, NL East, Get out of town. A, a tight NL East race this year by like the Phillies. Uh, baffling. <laughs> I'd like to point out that two of our last four spring training games, we have blown five or more run leads in the second <laughs> half of the game. I'd like to throw that out there. Blue one Uh-oh. in Dunedin to the Blue Jays. <laughs> Look, gave a you took, it took a five run lead into the eighth in Dunedin. So are you, are you five ch- runs. So should I change my? Are you telling me to change my picture? <laughs> uh, no, no. I'd very much like you to have them. I don't. It took a lot for me to not take the Phillies. I like to take the home. Obviously, I took the Flyers and the NHL. It's not looking real great right now. Um, and I wanted to take the Phillies real bad. What baffled me is how many people put their name on a printed publication taking the New York Mets to win anything. Don't get me wrong. They're a very talented club. They've made a lot of changes. Huh? It's the Mets. <laughs> it's a team that just proverbially – it would be like the Orioles. Like, hey, we actually spent $100 million. I'm still not going to bet on you. Stupid idiot. Yeah, you stupid idiot. <laughs> you know. You but like, disrespectful, stupid idiot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, point, point said – uh, but there are a ton of people out there, professional sports writers. I think people should just put their job on the line. There's a lot of sports writers that don't have work. I think if you're going to make your prediction and you're like, take the mat and people, are you sure? To <laughs> so just be like, I'll bet my job on it. Bet your job on the Mets. Be like, I'm not going to do that. Are you sure about that? The Jets man, the, the Mets manager wouldn't bet their job on the Mets. No, um, because it's illegal in Major League Baseball, and I don't condone that. Um, but I'm going to take um, – I have the Braves. I, I, I'm the guy that you said, you know, the repeating, and, and, and I, I wanted to take the Phillies over them. I, I just think when you go top to bottom, the Braves are right now a better organization. The Phillies aren't where I want them to be. Also, reading these, I found that the Phillies are the longest National League drought for getting to the playoffs. That's bad. That can't be right. Well, I guess the Pirates made it more recently. They had that one fluke year. I was like, how did the Pirates – but they had one. But I did read that the somebody said, "Yep, the Phillies' longest uh, NL's longest uh, playoff drought continues." When did like, the Diamondbacks? Really- no, I guess the Diamondbacks did make it a couple right? of years ago. Like uh, that's what I said. I'm like, there's only like five teams that get in. Like, ever. like I, I'm, I'm like, shocked to know that the that the Diamondbacks, the the Rockies, were actually buying in. But I did read one writer was like, the longest drought in the NL. Because the Brewers continues. were good a couple of years ago, but I'd be shocked that the Reds. I know that I talk about a World Series draft. No, just playoffs. But Reds, Pirates, Rockies, Diamondbacks, Mets have all made it more recently than the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, then we clearly are. That's surprising to me. But all the more reason for the Phillies to win this year. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the Braves, I guess, reluctantly. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Phillies do win. 
but I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the Braves. All right, then we go to the Central, and and you know, probably one of the the the, the best divisions at the top. I mean, obviously you have the Pirates, but like. You know, you you have four teams that were at right at or above five hundred. Um, Cubs won it last year. Cardinals and Reds were were just a couple of games back. Well, uh, I also predict the, predicted the Cubs last year. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> of course, I also had them winning the World Series. So, so yeah, uh, I have the Cardinals actually getting the the the, the better of the Cubs this year. Um, you know, they, they just kind of seem to be. It always just kind of seems to be between those two. Flip a coin. Cardinals are going to take it this year. I'm with you. I also have the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and I kind of just is like two great sports cities. Which one do I think is a better sports city? Uh, I think St. Louis is a better sports city uh, in general. And the Cardinals just I, – I've always kind of compared like when I talk about the like – it's not the cities, but like the St. Louis Cardinals to me feel kind of like – up until the last few years, the Denver Broncos of the NFL, where, like, for years it was like no matter who was quarterbacking, no matter who was coach, after Shanahan, the Broncos just for years, for like a decade and a half, put like a consistently good product on the football field. And I just feel that's what St. Louis does. The Cardinals, I can always trust them. I feel like the Cardinals, safe bet. Even if I miss, it's not going to be by much. Uh, they're going to they're gonna win, nah, two-thirds of their games. And probably be right in the thick of it come october so uh so i'm with you i'm gonna take the st louis cardinals all right very good then we go out west and obviously the uh the home of the world series champion from a year ago the la dodgers and then uh a a padres team that uh was absolutely spectacular so like i talked about run differential sean in, yeah, the, that's, that's in the American League, so in the NL West, so the the best team in the American League last year in terms of run differential is Tampa Bay Rays at plus sixty. Yeah, I knew that because like the radio down here talks about Minnesota. Uh, the White Sox were also plus sixty. Minnesota plus fifty four. Oakland won the West plus forty two. But plus sixty is your AL mark. AL mark. So uh, the the winner of the Central last year was the Cubs. Again, I talked tight division. They were at a plus twenty five. The Atlanta, close. the Atlanta Braves um, were the only plus differential team in the East. They were plus 60. So they tied the AL mark. Then you go out West. Well, playing the Marlins and the uh, Phillies it helps. helped a lot. And the other team. But San Diego Padres, the second place team in the right. NL West a year ago, plus 84. So they were 24 better than... Everybody they could else. literally play in any other division in baseball. And, and score more runs. The Los Angeles Dodgers, Sean, plus 136. So they were more than double every yeah. the, the, the best of everyone else. Not quite double their, their closest competition. Well, they had West. that one game where they won 500 to four. That helped a lot. My, like, my God. they Yeah, they scored 349 they runs. Took four days. To, to end, they scored 500 runs. 349 runs scored, only 213 given up. Um, but I think the Padres did the best work in the offseason this year. Um, they, they, they didn't have to do a lot, but they somehow made a great team even better. Uh, I actually like the Padres to win by, like, one game. This may even be a play-in game to win the West. Um, but I like the Padres to win a very... Very so you, tight. you have a potential play-in game before play-in games. Before 
the loser has to play another. Correct. And your playoffs are really messed up. And it's happened. And, it ha- and it's happened. You know. Um, well, as you know, our MLB tie-in, my buddy Justin Daniels, who I'm going to um, assume is going to listen to our show uh, at some point. As he um, should. As he big should. Dodgers fan. He's going to be very excited for baseball. Obviously, big baseball guy. He also has a uh, – his first child is on the way. Uh, has a um, – has a baseball glove already purchased for him. Really cool, uh, really awesome for him uh, and and his lady to uh, to have that coming on. So so not too long after I welcome in child number two, uh, he will be welcoming in child number one. So uh, first of all, uh, props and congrats to Justin Daniels. Um, but to really screw up his day, I'm going with you. I'm taking the San Diego Padres. <laughs> I think it's the best infield in baseball. I don't think it's even close. Um, and they're, I think and they're in brown and yellow again. Gotta love it. Yeah, and they, oh, it's great. I love. I, get rid of that stupid. Uh, get me in the brown. Give me. That's what I think. Uh, Padres. Uh, you're, you're, you're. First of all, why aren't there any monks out there speaking out about the defamation? <laughs> of game? You know, let's get that name changed. The San Diego Padres. <laughs> um, to the whales. I've seen Anchorman, maybe the San Diego whales. Um, anyway, um, I too take the Padres. I think the addition of Blake Snell is interesting. Um, it's just one more former Cy Young winner. I think the Padres were like, you know what? If you could spend money, so can we. And to be honest, do I think they've spent money better than the Dodgers? No, uh, because the Dodgers spent more. But have they gotten better value for a little less money? Yes, and I think the I think the Padres pull this off. I don't think it's as close. I think the Dodgers are kind of like hanging in there, and I think it changes as the year goes. But I think as the season ends, um, you're going to see the Padres kind of pull away uh, by a handful of games and um, and and just win the West. So I'm with you. Sorry, Justin. Uh, congrats on the kid, but uh, but your team's not winning the West. Don't apologize. He he watched his team win the World Series. On the field. On the field. Uh, so don't apologize to him. Um, you know what? F you, Justin <laughs> 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 Don't worry. I've said that to him before. Uh, I, I don't doubt that. Um, the, the two wild card teams, uh, I'm going to go with those L.A. Dodgers to be the uh, the top team. I think they're going to lose. Preview, so am I. Potentially lose that uh, play-in game to the Padres, but then host their own play-in game. And I think they're going to host – uh, the Chicago Cubs. I think it's just you know it's it's that story of those of those two tight divisions. Um, I like the Cubs. I think I think the Braves are, are just going to be just just slightly off the mark uh, behind the Cubs uh, for that second wild card spot. Um, again, I think that the National League is the better Cubs league. Live. Cubs Hi. Live. Um, Hi. I, I think the uh, I think the National League is 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 the better league. Um, I think you're you're gonna have a lot top more to top, bottom, top to bottom. Just- like there may be, a, you know, uh, even just best team versus best team, but the, I think that the competition. I mean, uh, both of them have a like a floor. Uh, you know, we have oh, the Orioles in the American League, with the Pirates in the National League. Uh, I don't think that floor changes. By the way, no, I'm just throwing that out there. No. If that floor is still the floor. You build on the floor, and <laughs> you're at solid found. If 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 you if you you know you always want to build your house on solid foundation. Orioles and Pirates, Those two, very solid, solid foundation. foundation. They They're know exactly. They know exactly where they are. Uh, but best, I like, <laughs> yeah, because if you're building on a good foundation, you want the foundation to never go anywhere. Yeah, uh, and, and, they do um, not. They do not. That's they, that's, that's, that's their home awesome, base. Though. 
Uh, we'll call the, the the combination of the Orioles and the Pirates. That's the foundation. <laughs> uh, but like I said, Cubs Cubs are my second uh, wild card team in the NL. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you build that foundation. So you're saying is if we're going with the house analogy, the NL just has a lot more support in the rafters, like yes. up in the attic, just a lot more roof support. Yeah, yeah. The American League be, might be your who's going to be the chimney. It's hard to be who's going to be on the outside of that roof. Uh, but there's a lot of support beams. Uh, I would agree. The American League house, um, stay, be, be wary of uh, collapsing roofs. You want to make sure you, you kind of you know you have, have some space in the outside to maybe set up a tent in case your house collapses. Um, but you're right. The AL, I felt the AL was way easier. I had that filled in really fast. Uh, the AL West being the only, because I you know between Astros, A's, Angels, I had a really hard time. Uh, in the NL, uh, probably uh, not the best pick. I feel like I, I should go somewhere in the Central with the Cubs. Um, or anything like that. I have the Dodgers with you uh, as my first wild card team uh, hosting this playing game. And I have uh, my Philadelphia Phillies. I, I wrote them in. I don't really have a lot of reasons why. I don't think the bullpen's going to be that much better. But what I think is going to be is you're going to see improvements. The offense is going to click. You made the right move in paying Real Mudo. And I think that the team is going to ex- be excited about that. They've kind of rallied around it. Harper looks hot coming out of spring training. Uh, he's crushing the ball. Um, now is that is, is that his <coughs> like his his playing or he's just he's just too sexy or both? Too sexy? <laughs> no, no, too sexy. No. Or a little, little uh, bit, a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. Got that good beard going on. Got the uh, headband. Always embracing gritty and the fanatic. And the uh, I love everything about the clear Bryce. Wo- the Harper. clear wooder shirt. <laughs> oh, I think Bryce Harper has embraced Philadelphia. I think oh, there were people that are like, "Why are we paying Bryce? Like, what is happening?" I think Bryce Harper was waiting for the day that he could play in Philadelphia. I think we overpaid for him. I think we could have gotten him at a pay cut. That's not really true, but I think he's 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 fit in. Uh, he 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 loves being the center of attention. I think he loves it even when he stinks. He was the one that was like, "Yeah, I, I'm the first one to tell you I suck right now." So they're not wrong. Um, I, I, I think he's really embraced that. Like when they're booing him, it's because he deserves it, and when he's uh, red hot. He's going to love playing there. Or at least he's uh, smart really enough. no in-between. Or at least he's smart enough not to, like, speak out against the fans yeah. booing No, him. whatever it is, he gets it. I mean, Lord knows he played, like, a, a fifth or a sixth of his games there. Like, you know, even if he goes home and is like, man, these fucking people. But he's smart enough to know to know his base. Yeah, well, he's played in Philly. He's followed Philly media. It's sure. not like he was playing that far away in Washington. He understands what goes on. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he And somebody who's that good and that smart understands that, like, if they're paying me this much money in Philadelphia, there's no in-between. I'm either in their good graces or go yeah. after yourself. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just – that is what it is. You know, you're going to get paid. That's it. But I think the Phillies are going to be a team that makes some moves during the season. I think things are going to go uh, unexpectedly well early, uh, and, and they're going to find themselves in that kind of scenario where it's like, you know, if we had some pieces, and, and when you have those kind of latter half of the, you know, before the trade deadline, people looking to unload some guys like, uh, you know, people the Orioles were for years with Machado. Uh, I, I feel like they're going to find one of those. Maybe it's a closer. Maybe it's a, um, you know, another lineup guy. Maybe it's to fill an injury, whatever the situation is. I think they're going to find it. I think they're going to get even hotter in the second half, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the Phillies playing the Dodgers. Uh, and Justin, we're going to kill you. <laughs> there you go. Um, and my surprise um, in the National League, and and 
it shouldn't be that hard to, to figure out when you, you're talking about a team that's going to go from mm-hmm. third in their division to winning the division and and and, and bettering um you know bettering themselves over the Braves uh a team that was minus five in run differential and and you know if they're going to do this then they have to um improve yeah, that I bullpen feel like at that minus five like it didn't always feel like they were going to be at minus like I feel like a lot of yeah. the games I watched last year like I was well, it's because like, they would go from good. like eight run leads to two run losses so they weren't True. getting blown out but they were giving up six seven runs when they get into their bullpen so if they're going to do this then they then they have to improve their pitching and and to me that's going to be the surprise that the Phillies can take that that third place finish from a year ago and turn it into a first place um you know division winning team that has to be your biggest surprise in the NL I'd say so I'd say so I I I think obviously if if my predictions are going to hold now I took the Phillies more as a homer what you know if I was looking this neutrally would I put the Phillies in my wild card probably not but I can't do a prediction show and not put my Philadelphia team in there and I don't think it's an unrealistic expectation. Um, it, it just it's gonna it's gonna take some work to get there. Um, so so they would be my obvious um, with you uh, uh, surprise. But I'm gonna go in the east. I'm gonna stay in the east and say my true surprise is gonna be the Miami Marlins. Uh, and they are not gonna challenge for the wild card. They're not gonna be a team that the Phillies are trying to bat away with a stick. Uh, to get in there. They're not going to quite be there. But what you're going to see the Miami Marlins do is get off the floor. Uh, the, the foundation we, we mentioned earlier, I think, for a little while here, people just assume the Marlins are going to be a part of that foundation. And I think the, the Marlins are going to get themselves uh, to the top half of that first floor. I think they're going to be up on the staircase. They're going to be trying to decide if they're going to climb to the roof or not. They're probably not going to get there for several years. Uh, but they have some talent in the infield. I like some of the hitting I've seen in spring training. Uh, and they have uh, one of the prospects I was really looking forward to playing for the uh, Phillies and Sixto Sanchez, who's going to make it really – they're going to be a really fun team to watch every five games because Sixto Sanchez is legit, and I highly recommend tuning into Marlins games when he pitches. Um, but you got to figure some of the guys behind him uh, – and they have money to spend if they want to go out and get a guy at, at some point, um, but they have some talent in their minors. I, I think they're going to win more games than people think. So the Miami Marlins – are my surprise team uh, for better, not worse All right. um, in the National League. There you go. Then we go to the World Series, Sean. We, we look all the way out into uh, next or this coming fall, um, you know, and, and I, I put over this Padres team big time. And I, I think the money that they spent, the way that they spent it, you know, they were a team that, that put put runs on the board. Um, and, and I think they're going to learn lessons from from not winning it all a year ago. And um, I think they're going to find a way to do it. I think they're going to win the World Series, um, and I think they're going to do it. I, I like the I, I like this Twins team. Um, I think that Central Division, it, arguably, maybe is the best in the American League. So you're going to be kind of baptized by fire coming out of it. Uh, so I like a, a, the San Diego Padres over the Minnesota Twins. I'll go six games. I think it'll be a good series. Uh, but I like the Padres as your 2021 World Series champion. It's hard to go two years back-to-back for me without putting the Yankees at least in the World Series, uh, but I'm going to do it because, you know, fuck the Yankees. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's really no reason why I wouldn't put the Yankees in there. Like It's like they spend the most money, they, they're in the best scenario, and they have the most fans. Like, just put them in. Um, but, again... Fuck the Yankees. Uh, 
I'm I'm with you on the Padres. I think the Padres uh, sneak their way in in the National League. Um, I I think it's going to be a closer playoff run. Uh, I feel like um, I feel like the Padres are going to uh, they're going to tire themselves out a little bit. I think they're going to have to go through some things, especially with the Phillies in the NLCS. Uh, and um, yeah, that was a just backdoor predictor right there. Um, <laughs> but um, I have them uh, in the World Series playing against. Uh, the other West team I have in from the AL, uh, the Houston Astros, even though they're kind of going to go through a trial by fire to get in, uh, at least according to all the professionals, they're going to have to deal with the, uh, you know, we like the A's, we like the Angels. Uh, I, I think the Astros are kind of the cream of the crop there, and I think the Astros are, once they get to the playoffs, they're going to have something to prove. Uh, sans any kind of cheating scandal, they're going to be like, look, we're still great, uh, and I think they're going to prove it. I actually have the Astros in my prediction, uh, beating the Padres in six games. All right, there we go. And finally tonight, Sean, before we close out, um, something that's uh, going to impact our um, college football viewership and listenership this uh, this coming fall is uh, a little bit of a shakeup at uh, Notre Dame football on NBC. Um, Tony Dungy out as the color commentator of uh, Notre Dame football. Drew Brees and the recently retired uh, Saints quarterback is the new uh, color commentary voice for um, for the um, Notre Dame broadcast. Mike Tirico will still be the uh, the play by play duties. So um, you know, I, I'll be curious to see uh, what what Breeze brings to the table. I mean, obviously, you know, you you think a guy um, you know coming off a career. I, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to say he's going to be like college football's Tony Romo, but but you know, you see the way Romo transitioned from uh, the field to the booth, and 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 really has used his ability to read a field and read a game and read situations, um, and and maybe that played into the decision um, to to put Drew Brees um, in this spot um, because uh, Jeff checking in was hi Jeff, hope you're feeling better, man. Yo, uh, um, but uh, you know. So, so maybe that played into it a little bit. Personally, I loved the the Dungy Tariko booth. I thought that was one of the best uh, Notre Dame broadcast teams that we've heard uh, in a very long time, maybe maybe ever in the history of uh, Notre Dame on NBC. But uh, you know, I'll give I'll give Drew a, a chance. Uh, unfortunately, for the first time uh, since 2014, Notre Dame plays Drew's alma mater, Purdue, uh, in game number two. So uh, we'll Which, see. By the way. Slapped us around a couple of years while Drew was playing there. Just the Certainly record. did, yeah. Breeze, Breeze did bring the hurt on the on Notre Dame. Um, much different Notre Dame team at that time, though, uh, as well. But um, you know, I, I just uh, he obviously caught my eye, and and we'll see how he does. I think he's also going to be on like the Sunday Night Football broadcast uh, as well. But uh, a new a new voice uh, in Notre Dame on NBC. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 pretty fine with it. I I, I think Drew's going to bring an interesting um, aspect to the game. I I feel like early uh, on in his broadcasting career, you may see kind of that, and we've seen it with quarterbacks and and players in the past that you know you're so used to not taking a stand that you remain very neutral, uh, and you, and you kind of have to do that as a player. Uh, you're avoiding you know locker room material things like that, and I feel like there's a point where but but. Drew Brees has has excelled, you know, excelled at the collegiate level. Uh, holds most of the records at his high school, except for the ones that uh, Nick Foles broke. 
Uh, and um, same high school, by the way. It's very, very, very cool that that happened. Um, but um, but I, I like hearing Drew talk. He was on Dan Patrick. Uh, it was either today or yesterday. I was listening to it a little bit, and I heard him talking to Drew Brees, um, who uh, seems pretty pretty okay with with uh, from what I hear about not being a, a player anymore. And you know that's obviously a rough transition, but. You know, he seemed very cool and, and just, just really honored to have had a career as long as he did. Um, but he's seen a lot of people play, and he's seen a lot of different formations, and he's seen a lot of different things. And do I think he's going to be as entertaining as Tony Romo? No, but he's not that kind of personality. But he's, in my opinion, like he, he does have some of that kind of humor side to him, and I think as he settles into the role, uh, is going to be kind of like Doug Flutie. Um but less annoying and a little bit funnier. Uh, you know, he's kind of just a little bit more real world. I think he's a little bit more blue collar uh, than than Doug Flutie is, and, and I like that. Um, and I hope Drew Brees has a very long, successful career because the things he did for New Orleans, you know, even beyond the football field, uh, and, and kind of, you know, one of the things I heard about him going into New Orleans and, like, they were taking him on a tour of the city, presumably to all the nice areas, like, here's where your home might be and here's – some of the nicer schools, they got like stuck behind like a, a Katrina caused like accident where like a truck had been flooded and blah. And they, and he's like looking around at like all this destruction instead of what they wanted him to see. And it was like, that was when he said him and his wife decided to play in new Orleans where he's like, this city needs something. And I was like, that's, that's probably the coolest story I've ever heard about Drew Brees. It was him like deciding on new Orleans because the city needed help. And I was like, you know what? Drew Brees can just be an analyst for whatever he wants to be for as long as he wants to be uh, in Godspeed. I do see Jeff made a comment. What's he got? So is he excited about Drew stepping in and watch an interview with him? I think he'll do well. Yeah, I mean, he seems to have a pretty good football mind. Yeah. Um, I think people like Drew Brees. I don't think he's quite like the everyone connects with Peyton Manning or wants to connect with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning to I mean, me that's, is like the that's a hard, that's a hard like, level that's to be. That's a hard level to be put on, man. Like. Yeah. Where, like, that southern draw just sucks you in. If Drew Brees had a southern draw, he would be just as appealing. <laughs> maybe. You know? Maybe. But Drew Brees, um, yeah, I, I just I, – I don't think he's, like, um, you know, he's not untouchable. Like, like Tom Brady, like, when he talks, you're like, oh, I like that guy. But, like, he, he's – I'm not in his class. You know what I mean? Like, Tom Brady's above you. Like, when you watch him, you're like, yeah, I'm not as good as him. <laughs> yeah. He's um, beautiful. He's great. Uh, Drew Brees like seems approachable, and I think that that's what's going to do well for him in those broadcasts. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Sean, we're going to close this thing out tonight, and um, not sure when we'll uh, hear from you again, but let the people know uh, where they can follow you, and and um, we'll uh, we'll close this thing out. All right. Well, um, as usual, you can always follow me at Sean Shine State. That's S H A W N uh, Shine State. Uh, and uh, here to close out, uh, in addition to, you know, kind of signing off, thinking, uh, you know, by the next time I talk to you, I'll have two, uh, two boys running around the house. Uh, well, one and then another one kind of laying around the house. <laughs> uh, I want to leave you with my Sean Shine statement. Um, a lot of allegations uh, being brought forward with our um, a very well-known Deshaun Watson. Uh, and I've heard a lot of media um, not making light of it. Um, but but I feel like a lot of folks aren't making it as serious as it is. See you, Jeff. Um, Good night, man. See you, Jeff. Um, I think, uh, you know, these are very serious allegations. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of uh, looking into, you know, the truth and, and who's telling what and who's saying what. Um, but, you know, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. 
Uh, and it's very rare that you're going to get this many cases when nothing's Yeah, I say, I think it's 20-plus uh, accusations last now. Last I saw was 19, but I think okay. we're approaching. It's 19 and a handful that aren't pressing charges. Right. Uh, so last it's, I checked. You know, it, that's it, a lot. That's a lot. That, that's, that's, you know, I, I have a, I, you know, let let the, the, the process play out. But, I, yeah, I have a hard time believing that, that there's going to be that many accusations. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And where there's fire, there's more fire. Um, yeah. And the Sean Shine statement is this. They're very serious allegations and sexual misconduct is inappropriate no matter who you are, where you are, and who it involves. So for those of uh, you folks, not that a lot of our listeners are going to be in situations to do or to spend what Deshaun Watson does and spends, um, take people seriously. Remember that everyone has feelings. Everyone has the right to say no at any time. Uh, and even if it's been yes all along and changes at the last minute, it's still a no. So those are very serious things. No means no. Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, I'm pulling for you if you're innocent, um, but I'm pulling for them if you're not. And that is my Sean Shine statement. There you go. I always say be better. Sean, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time, whenever the next time is that uh, we see you. Uh, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you're following the show. We are uh, on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. Facebook at Huddle Up Podcast, Instagram at Huddle Up Pod. Make sure you check out our home network, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. Our secondary network is the Leib Sports and Music Network. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all other podcast platforms. Please give us a rate and review if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And uh, until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and as always, go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?